Welcome back. Talking Knicks. We have another... <laughs> I, I giggle when I say exciting episode because it's one of the cornerstones currently for the Knicks. The franchise. The French prince. Frank Nilikina. I think I got it right that time, which will be rare. Uh, the young Frenchman enters his second season, and his development is going to mean a lot for the Knicks throughout this year and future years. So let's talk Frank. The New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis. Post the toes up and then stuffing. Again, igniting and exciting the garden crowd. Bomb, 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 bomb. Hello, 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 ladies and germs. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. Player profile and projection, the French Prince, Frank Brian Nilakina. I didn't know his middle name was Brian. How about that? Brian with a Y, folks. You could have given me a lot of guesses. I was not going to go with Brian. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little shook from that. I don't know if I can go on, but... Uh, if you'll remember, the Knicks took him with the eighth pick overall in the 2017 draft. Uh, he's currently just a little over 20. He was very young last year. He showed some unique skills, 6'5", 190. Showed a lot more on the defensive end than the offensive end. He finished the year 22 minutes per game, 5.9 points, 2.3 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 0.8 steals. Uh, 1.7 turnovers. So uh, a lot of stats out there, none that jump off the board. Uh, there were nights where it looked pretty cool from Frank. I know I hate to get into analytics like that, but some nights he looked pretty cool. Other nights he looked like an 18-year-old Frenchman on the court. Kenneth, I normally accidentally skip you first. Today I'm coming to you because this is your boy. Frank Smoke, Frankie Smokes, talk to me. Yeah, Frank is my boy. Been my boy since uh, well before the draft last year. I was pulling for the Knicks to draft him long before they actually drafted him, so I was pumped that that happened. Uh, and I said in a lot of my a lot of the podcasts, but I'm a defense guy, and Frank has the defense, which I love. Tom Bone, on to you. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I love defense just as much as the next guy, maybe, maybe even more. But uh, I hate that, watching you girls argue about who likes defense more. I'm done with it. It doesn't get much nerdier than that. But uh, and, and Jake, usually you mention the um, basketball reference nicknames, so I'll just throw them in real quick. You got the French Prince, which we which we all know. The other one they have here is the franchise. I like that's that a lot. Real. I like that real. a lot. He's ha he has like 30 nicknames, and that's not one of them. Make the shirt, John Boy. I was going to say, put that, put that on a T. I you, <laughs> you still got the floor. I Good, I, I want it. <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, if you can't get excited about a Frank Nielkina player profile projection, then, then I've got some bad news for you for the rest of the season because it's not going to get much better than, than watching the development of this guy. Um you know, I just wrote a piece about him and the, the point guard situation for the Basketball Index, which I don't know when this pod will – is this pod coming out uh, tomorrow? 10-16, yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, the Basketball Index debuted yesterday, if you're hearing this on Tuesday. And uh, basically what I, what I covered there was sort of Frank's 
strengths, his weaknesses, and how Fisdale may be able to allocate the different minutes among Frank, Trey Burke, and Emmanuel Moutier to, to get the most out of that roster. Um, and yeah, no, I'm excited to talk talk more about it. But Jake, yeah, where do you, where do you want us to go? Well, and this is an interesting one, right? Because it's we look at last year and we saw a lot of good stuff we like. We saw a lot of stuff that's scary. We saw a lot of very sloppy turnovers. Um, we saw him not being very aggressive on the offensive end, and I, I think the thing that <laughs> we regret the most is just not seeing him on the court more. Uh, for what the Knicks did last year as a team, to see him only get 22 minutes, nine starts, I mean, it, it's, it's tough to get excited about Frank on the offensive end. I, I hope you guys can get me a little bit, but I mean, defensively, he really was pretty special at times. He has the length, you know, the body's going to develop more and his knowledge of the game and NBA uh, pace of play is only going to pick up. I mean, coming into the year, the two things we were most concerned about from all the scouting reports were that he wasn't going to be able to shoot and not that he put up flashy numbers, but I think he put up acceptable numbers for a rookie you you obviously want to see a lot of growth um and then the other thing we heard about was speed of the game and it didn't look like that was too much of a factor for him it looked like when he wanted to go he could go I think the problem seemed to be that he was a little scared to be over aggressive and and make a risky turnover uh which hey hopefully down the line we look up and say wow he's he's great taking care of the basketball but last year it looked like a lot of timidness, nervousness, Ken. Yeah, and it's something that we've talked about on here before, but last year he was very mechanical in everything that he did. Every time he brought the ball up the court, it was pretty much, this is the play that we're supposed to run. This is the play I'm going to run. The first part of this play is I dribble over here, and then I stop, and then I pass it to this player. So – it, you could pretty much see that thought process going through his mind, and the problem was that at times so could the defense. So there were several times where he dribble dribble it up, start the play, and then just pass the ball to the other team. Obviously, that's a problem. Um, part of the issue, which we've talked about again on a bunch of the other podcasts, is he wasn't really allowed to play through his mistakes. And I think, like you were just saying, that caused him to kind of overthink things and try to, um, you know, be. I guess be more, I guess going back to mechanical, but he was not really playing the game. He was thinking the game and that, you know, just doesn't work in basketball. It's, it's, you know, you gotta feel it and it's, it's poetry in motion, you know, uh, not to be too corny, but you, you have to go with the flow rather than, you know, going with what's expected and, you know, going with exactly what's diagrammed. Now, Towards the end of the season, I think his best two games um, offensively were the last two games because he was just – Hornacek just threw him out there. He's like, do whatever you want. And the last two games of the year, he scored 16 and 17 points, and uh, I think he shot about 50% both of those games, uh, 7 for 16 one night and 8 for 16 the other night. Um, so when he is given that opportunity, he has shown flashes of being able to be a much smoother offensive player. And that's, that's what we're hoping for in year two, to see more of that development. We don't need anything special from him. I think his last, uh, his last preseason game, he had a pretty solid game. He went nine points, four rebounds, and five assists, 
to go along with one steal and zero turnovers. Not a flashy line, but that's exactly what the Knicks need from him if he can continue to play defense the way that he's capable of and just play solid point guard play. So I have been his number one fan from the day that he got drafted, and I don't know if I'm being too optimistic and you guys want to bring me down to earth a little bit, but I'm excited about this guy. Now, Kenny, I can listen to you talk about poetry all night, but uh, you know, one of the sort of preeminent storylines from last year was Frank's role in the offense, right? So at the very beginning of the season, there was a lot of, Jake mentioned it, um, just a lot of consternation from Knicks fans that Jared Jack was getting too much, too much burn. It was uh, kind of eaten into Frank's minutes, but it really wasn't until Trey Burke came along in, in January. He, his first game, I think was January 15th. And then Moutier came in a little later that Frank's role really changed. So before Trey Burke got involved, um, Frank's Frank was assisting on 23 and a half percent of his team's um, made shots when he was on the court, which was the second highest on the team behind Jarrett Jack. After Trey Burke came along, um, that, that number dropped to, he was fourth on the team in assist percentage. He was only assisting on about 18% of the, uh, of the made buckets on the, on the court when he was there. So he was behind Trey Burke, Jarrett Jack and Moutier for fourth on the team. He really became more of a secondary ball handler versus the, the primary ball handler he was at the beginning of the season. And, and a lot of Knicks fans, were I'd say it was kind of split. People were like, you need to give this guy some shine, give him the chance to grow into that lead ball handler position. And others were saying, look, it, it's okay. He kind of looks like a 3 and D type of wing. Like that's a very valuable player to have in the Danny Green mold. If he can get that three-point shot to come along, then, then there's nothing wrong with that and having some, some nice creative off the dribble juice for, for a secondary creator. That's a very valuable thing too. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think, if you think there's an ideal role for him. So Tom, I think you, you bring up a very good point, especially going into this season when we don't really know what his role is going to be. Fizdale has said he's going to be a guard and he's just going to, you know, he's not going to label him a point guard. He's not going to label him a shooting guard. He's just going to be a guard and he's going to go out there and play basketball. And, you know, there is a certain sense that that makes, particularly in the modern NBA, where, you know, a lot of times the point guard in in, in prime time isn't necessarily the, the primary ball handler. You know, you'll see LeBron being the p- primary ball handler uh, usually when he's in the game. And it's not only with LeBron, it's with other players in the league, but that can very well be the Knicks. If the Knicks end up bringing up in another player um, next year, then, you know, Frank won't necessarily be the guy with the ball all the time. It, it'll, it might be someone else, but at the same time, I think there is value in having that, having Frank uh, be the, the primary playmaker for, you know, the regular season and developing those skills. And then, just having that height and length at that position is just so helpful because you can go in so many different directions. If you want to bring in another, you know, big player who can play shooting guard alongside him, who's, you know, not necessarily a ball handler, then you can do that. If you want to have a guy next to him, who's a smaller uh, shooting guard who does has some defensive liabilities, like a guy like Trey Burke, you can do that as well. So I think his best position or the best thing that the Knicks can hope for is that he develops into the Knicks point guard of the future. And while having him push over to, to 
play a little bit of wing isn't the worst thing in the world, and he'll still be a very valuable player. I think it's not as valuable as having, you know, this 6-6 very long point guard who can defend multiple positions and give you more options as far as what you're going to do with the rest of your team. Yeah, I'm I'm almost full team Kenny there. This guy was drafted to be a point guard. Um and Kenny had the perfect phrase, that's where his value lies. Um if he can be a 65, I, I think there, the word was it came out last year. He grew an inch. I think I think we're talking about a 66 Frank now. Um, if he can be a dynamic point guard from that position, I think defensively, I, let's let's get defense 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 out of here for now. Frank has shown us the potential. He's going to grow into his body even more. Hell, I just talked about him actually growing. Frank has shown the ability to p- defend the one and the two. I think you're going to be able to factor the one and two and three into that when we're done, which is very special in what so many teams are looking for on defense nowadays. On offense, again, this, this guy was the seventh pick in the draft. We're not confident that his shooting is going to be Danny Green level or three and D type. We think his passing can be... I think there's still a chance it can be dy- dynamic. I don't think I want to say special. He's he's not in the Steve Nash type mold, Ken. Yeah, and he he showed very good flashes of being a great passer. If you remember the first game that he played, he had that you know almost full court uh, pass to Kylo Quinn for the easy dunk, and like that was an amazing pass. And you saw that from time to time in the season. So I think I think you're exactly right. He can develop into a dynamic passer if you know he's given that opportunity to develop that portion of his game. And so so going from there, so he still has a chance to be pretty special as a passer. His shooting we're we're still skeptical of the the form <laughs> to to retweet Ken, very mechanical. Um it it showed it showed some development. This guy didn't really go to the tin at all last year, which which scares you a little bit. Um, we're less than a free throw per game. That's a tough look, especially when that can be a special part of his game. So you hope to see more of that. But if we punt on this guy being a point guard, I feel like we are losing the player that he can be. I feel like, and I, I don't want to compare him to another Frenchman who I think Tom likes despite his contract. But do we really want to punt and turn this guy into Nicholas Batum already, Tom? No, no. Right? I, that is that is not option A by any stretch. Um, but, I mean, you, you mentioned it. Frank was he, – he definitely struggled finishing around the, around the rim. Um, but, like, that, that, that happens with, with rookie point guards, you know. I, I don't think that – that's necessarily a, a major concern going forward. I, I, he has the size, he has the length. It's just about showing the craft to, to be able to finish. And that's like the one area I'm expecting him to really see a major uptick. He's, he's put on some muscle you've seen from his, uh, his you know, Instagram posts and preseason. Like he's got a, a bigger frame on him now. They, they're saying he's growing, like we mentioned. Um, and so, yeah, finishing and getting to the, to the line are going to be two areas that I'm going to be looking at specifically to see if he improves. Yeah, and we saw it in the preseason a little bit. Uh, in the first game against Brooklyn, he I don't remember who was guarding him, but he drove by and he just dunked on him. And it's like, oh, 
I'm six six with a seven three wingspan. I can just dunk on people. So like I think you are gonna see that a little bit as he realizes how he can use his height. Is he's just gonna drive and go over people because he doesn't have to, you know, absorb contact and try to get fancy. He's tall enough that he can just take it hard to the rack. And I, yeah. I pulled up some some stats on his shooting because we did mention his shooting there for a minute. Um, and this is specifically on, on three-point shooting. So about 19% of his total shots were, were wide-open threes last year, and he shot 33.7% on those, which is, is below league average for a wide-open three, but it's also not a bad shot, right, Kenny? That's kind of our rule of thumb is that if you shoot 33.3% from three, it's the same as shooting 50% from two in terms of expected value on the shot. Um, so like he, he shot 19% of his shots as wide open threes. He shot 11.7% of his shots as open threes. And there he shot just a tick better about the same at 33.9%. So, I mean, when, when he's open or wide open, he's a capable shooter. The other number I want to throw out was on, on catch and shoot three point three point attempts. So when someone was passing it to him and he's spotting up, he would hit on 36.1% of his catch and shoot threes. And that's versus 25% on his on his pull-up three-point attempts. So that, that's definitely a part of this game they'll need to improve because as a pick-and-roll ball handler, the, the threat of the pull-up three is such a huge part of the game today. Thanks to guys like Steph Curry, Dame Willard, Kemba Walker. Um, and, and shooting 25% on those pull-ups is not going to, you know, cut the mustard, Jake, as they say. But, uh, but 36% on catch-and-shoot threes, like that, that's something to work with. And I want to throw one more very small sample size statistic at you, Tom. And that's that in the summer league, he looked pretty good from three. He shot three of six, which, you know, again, it's only six shots, but he made three of them. So that's 50%. And I thought the bigger thing was he seemed to know or he seemed to take his shot more confidently than he did last year. Like he caught it and he realized he was open and he just went straight up rather than Last year, I think he had a little more hesitation before he took the shot. So I, I'm expecting a little bit of an uptick in his his three point percentage this year, which was I think 31.8 percent last year. You said, so I'm I'm expecting big things out of him, and I'm I'm getting to the point where I can hear myself, and I know I'm being too optimistic after every other PPP when I told everyone to calm down about people, but this is my guy. This is your guy, and we're we're cutting mustard all over the place. I. I think it's just interesting that, and I, I, I didn't want to harp on this, but now I do. In, in more than half the games he played last year, I, I was counting, and you, you guys know how I do with that. I want to say it was 43, but I could have missed one or two. But more than half his games, he didn't shoot a free throw, which give me some aggressiveness, Frank. You're, a lot of nights you are going to be the bigger point guard. I, I need to see that. And the three-point stuff, like you guys just ran through. I know Tom mentioned the 25% on uh, threes in transition or pull-up threes. I'm not really too worried about that. I mean, would that be a nice part of Frank's game? Absolutely. But 36% on open threes, uncontested threes as a rookie, if you can be open and push that up to 40%, I mean, you are a threat now. Um so I, I'm really going to be looking for, and this is so obnoxious because this is today's basketball, but this is the reason we're talking about it. This guy needs to be able 
to draw contact at the rim and either A, finish, or B, go to the line. And he needs to make his open threes. And I I think what's going to be interesting and also partially worries me about his development is the Trey Burke show this year and how that comes along. But if Frank does become dynamic, or not even dynamic, but quality at shooting threes and finishing around the 10, I feel like that is going to push him away from the point guard spot, Ken. Yeah, and I don't. I just don't know. I feel like that's still where his value is. And Trey Burke, I've, I've said before, I think his value is an off-the-bench score. I think his efficiency is going to tick down a little bit. And, you know, they actually do make a very interesting backcourt because, like I said earlier, Trey Burke is a smaller point guard or a smaller shooting guard, basically, is he's more of a, a shooter than a, a passer. And if those two can coexist in the backcourt, like that's the kind of options that Frank gives you because he has that height to be able to guard a few different positions. And then you can hide Trey Burke on another player, which I think Tom was mentioning in his article today uh, on basketball index, go check that out. But it, it gives you, you know, just so many options. And like you said, if he can be a little bit more unselfish and attack the rim more because he didn't do that at all last year, pretty much it was dribble the ball up and pass it and start the play. Like I was saying earlier, if he can take his chances and try to get into the rim, try to draw some fouls that, you know, like you said, that'll be a big boost to his game and it'll make him, I think it'll make him more valuable as a point guard just to be able to have that threat when you're, uh, you're trying to orchestrate the offense. And guys, I don't want to derail us too much, but I made this point in my uh, aforementioned articles, and I want to get your thought on this as well. So I said that how minutes should be allocated between Frank Nilakina, Trey Burke, and Emmanuel Moutier just depends on what the Knicks' goals are. If the Knicks are trying to be as competitive as possible, if they're trying to win as many games as they possibly can, then the answer is probably to give Trey Burke as many minutes at point as they can. He's the best scorer. He's the best playmaker of the group. But the, there'd be downsides to that, right? Like you you would be hindering Frank's potential development. Moutier, you wouldn't really be giving him a shot. And you'd also be potentially hurting your draft pick if you're going to actually be able to win a few more games, right? Like with, with, with Trey Burke getting most of the point guard minutes, maybe they end up being like the 10th seed in the East. Now, if, if the Knicks focus is more to develop Frank and to give Moutier a shot, then they're probably going to be worse, right? Like just as it stands today, Burke is a better point guard. But if you want to develop Frank, you're going to be worse. You can get a better draft pick. But I said the potential downside there is that their inability to, or their like limitations at playmaking, they're being Frank and Moutier's, that might inhibit or stunt the growth of other young guys like Knox and Mitchell Robinson. Um, so, so what do you guys think about those points? I, I think, and if I'm coach Fisdale, which spoiler, I am, I, I just never told you guys, this is, this is a pseudo name. Um, no, I mean, if, if you're Fizz, I think you come into this year and you kind of have to blank slate it, right? You, you want to see Frank out there to start probably for 25 minutes or so, and you want him on the ball. You want him off the ball a little bit. And I, I keep saying the word aggressive, but I mean, have him play comfortable. Have, have it look natural. Have him do what he's going to do on defense and let him do some things on offense, whether it is 
you know, be the two guard and make an aggressive play, whether it is be a point guard and run the offense. I mean, kind of take the reins off the kid, see what he shows you. Then you go from there for a little bit. And if Trey, if the team plays better with Trey Burke at point guard, you got to roll with that because you don't want to lose the team and just say we're going to be a dud from the start. If whatever Frank shows you, let him be good at that for a little bit. Try to develop the other stuff on the side. And then when the inevitable Knicks part of the season comes, when <laughs> it's the, the fat lady singing, if you will, then try to force it a little more and try to develop him either as a point guard or as a two, whatever he's struggling with, so he can try to grow in that area. And I, I don't know. I, is, it, is it crazy that I think that's obvious, Ken? No, and I think that, that is the answer is you just, you just got to let Frank play. And I've been pretty, uh, you know, clear that I want him to play, be a point guard in the future. But that doesn't mean that I'm completely against him playing off guard at, at any point during the game. I just want to make sure that he gets reps at point guard. And I know it's a, a conversation that we brought up a lot in other, uh, in the other preview pods, but the fourth quarter minutes, I think Frank is going to be out there one way or another for his defense. Whether it's point guard, I'm not sure. It's going to depend on how he develops that throughout the season, but he will be out there to play defense. And, you know, the second guard spot could be, you know, could be Trey Burke, depending on if he regresses a little bit or if he, you know, keeps up what he did last year. If Emmanuel Moutier, you know, pulls it all together and becomes the, the player that um, the Nuggets thought that they drafted, he could be out there. Or it could be Frank at point guard, Courtney Lee, and Tim Hardaway Jr. out there at the uh, the two and the three. So, like I said, just giving him the option to play gives you so many more options of what you can do with your lineups, whether and regardless of how you want to match up players. And that's the that's his big value, and that's what I want to see from the Knicks this year. Hit hit him with it. Um, well, I I think we laid a lot out there, boys. I I think. It, it's kind of funny right now I'm looking at his projection for this season from basketball reference. They haven't projected for 10.5 points, 5.3 assists, and four boards. I, I feel like my expectations are a little lower. I'm trying to think. Let's, let, let's, let's wrap it up this way. Over, under, points, rebounds, and assists. So all three, points, rebounds, and assists. I'll give you an over-under of 17. So that could be 10, 3, and 4, 10, 4, and 3. Um, or or <laughs> any way you could get over or under that, Tom. <laughs> what do you got? I, I am not sure. I, I just I don't think Frank will be averaging double digit points this year. I, I think That'd be a pretty major leap from what he did last season. Um, and I, I'm seeing that those are per 36 minutes too. those projections. Um, and I don't know that they expect him to average 36 minutes a game. So I don't think they're, they're looking at 10.6 points per game either um, on basketball reference. So no, no, Tom, that's not the, that's not the per, Oh, that is the per 36. I'm sorry. Edit yeah. me. <laughs> so no, I'm thinking, Per game, um, I'm thinking it'll be somewhere in the realm of like eight points, four assists, four rebounds. So what's that add up to? 16? 
Um, but you're closer than you think, Tom. Yeah, no, but I, I'm gonna have to take the, uh, the shade under there. Okay. I know, Ken- I know, and I know Kenny's gonna be going over. Hammer it. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna be going over because I'm, I'm a realist, Tom. Wow. I'm not. I'm, an, I'm optimistic about Frank's future, but I'm a realist for this season, and I'm a little upset because the line that you just said was exactly what I was gonna say. My expectation would be, or my, my hope would be, eight, four, and four. So. I'm I'm taking the under. I'm I'm calling you guys soft again, and call call me a dreamer. You may say I'm the only one, but this guy in 22 minutes, a very limited 22 minutes with, <laughs> pardon my French, <laughs> pardon my French. Huh? You see what I did there? But a pretty poor coach last year. This guy had nights where he he'd play some serious minutes. You wouldn't see him the next night. He's going to grow as a player. It's tough to see his shooting percentages go down. I see his minutes getting up to 28 minutes. And there's nights when this guy fills up a box score. Um, so call me crazy. Call me maybe. Give, give me what? Uh, uh, a 9.5, a 4.5, and, and a 4. So a, a little bit more. I just th- This is a guy who was a young, young man without the NBA body who didn't go to the free throw line in half his games last year. And I think they have to push that. They have to push the three-point shooting. And, Ken, I think you and me talked about it the most. This kid can pass. He's looking to pass. And I don't know if it's going to be on the break. I don't know if it's Trey Burke, Knox, or whoever it is. I think this guy can fill out the stat sheet, and I think that's going to be the message the coaches are pushing more than point guard, shooting guard, or whatever this year. They're going to see, Frank, go out and get rebounds, get points, get blocks, get steals. We want no zeros on that stat sheet. And I think if they give him that speech, I think he can do that. Any of you guys want to shut me up? No, so, I, I think that's important just to, to preach patience with him too, though. He's Like you said, he was a young French man coming into the league. He is still a very young man. Like, what, what do we say, 21? Or is he 20? 20. 20 i mean turn 20 in july too i think he's a young 20 there is plenty of time for him to be actually filling up stat sheets and yeah we want to see the progress as much as you do um but i i mean by no means would i think it's a failure if he doesn't reach that nine and a half four and a half four line i think i think an eight four and four line would still be respectable and still be in line with what we're hoping for him um but again it all goes it all matters like how he does it right the the efficiency, the the turnovers, hopefully cutting back on the turnovers from last season. Um, it won't, it, you know, whether or not his season is a success won't all boil down to what his um, stat line is. But um, no, I, I'm with you. I, I, I like your optimism. And uh, just, I'm, I want you to remember, he's still very young and there'll be a lot of time for his, his development in the years to come too. Ken, round it out for us, bud. Yeah. And I think, as far as filling out the, the stat sheet, I don't know if it's this year, but I think in the future, this is going to be a guy who comes up with that coveted five by five game at some point. He's shown the ability to get steals. He's shown the ability to block shots, especially with a couple in the, the Brooklyn Nets game. And, you know, he can go out there, rebound, score, rebound and, uh, and pass it well enough to, to get up to five on all of those. And, if it's this year, I would be, you know, amazed. But I think at some point he's going to be that kind of guy. Predict it, Kenny. Predict a five by five this year. I'm going to predict he averages a five by five this year. Okay, oh boy. Is that oh too boy. much? 
No, too much. No, but I'll I'll say that he's going to get close this year, and it's a possibility that you're going to – because he's going to show the flashes, and one of these games he's just going to put it all together, and you're going to say, wow, this guy's, this guy's really got game. Well, that was a lot of smoke from us about Frankie Smokes, um, a lot of pardoning our French about the franchise. I'll keep going, baby. No, I won't. Um, I believe this or Knox, depending what order you listen to him, will be our last – PPP player profile and projection. Uh, burn through them. You're bored at work. You're driving home. A little scouting report on each player and what we're expecting to see this year. If you've been listening, we cannot thank you enough. And if you'd be nice enough to leave us a five star review on the podcast app, we'd appreciate you. Um, for Thomas and Ken, uh, signing off and ready to get this next season going. I'm Jake Stromboli, Storielli. I forget how to say it sometimes, but hey, let's go next. Next tape.